This is Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast of the slightly unusual. Here's your host, Peter Anthony Holder. Hello and welcome to Business Beyond Bizarre a podcast that will take you off the beaten path, introducing you to people who have slightly quirky hobbies or businesses. When thinking of semen and breast milk, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, in a nutshell, semen leads to babies and breast milk feeds the babies. But I'm willing to bet that when you thought of those two things, the possibility of jewelry was not at the top of your list. But there is a woman in Toronto who is turning these two human byproducts into jewelry. Amanda Booth is the founder of Trinkets by Amanda. I like to call them sentimental materials. Um, but we started working with stuff last year, and it started with ashes and memorial items, as well as breast milk. And the Jizzy jewelry line and working with semen actually started off as a giant joke. Wasn't really meant to happen. And when I posted about it on Facebook, we actually got a whole bunch of serious requests, and I couldn't say no. So it just kind of exploded from there. Exploding indeed. Amanda's booming business actually started quite accidentally. Honestly, my entire business was a happy accident. About a year and a half ago, I started working with clay kind of as a therapy for myself just to get myself out of a really dark place. And my Facebook friends and my followers just kept kind of throwing requests at me. And that's honestly probably how most of the things that I have on my site or that I've done has been through custom requests. Each request just kept getting more and more complex until I had a friend who tragically lost her son and wanted to to get a jewelry set with his ashes in it. And of course, I, I'd never worked with ashes before, but I said yes, figured out how I could do it. And it, the set turned out beautiful. And of course, because I posted that, we got more memorial orders. And then I had another friend who was like, well, if you could do it with ashes, maybe you could do it with breast milk. So I had to do a whole bunch of experimenting, figured that out. And my Facebook reels blew up last November. And I went from like 10, maybe 20 orders a week. So it was enough to support me and like my portion of the bills. And then all of a sudden we boomed to like over 100 orders a week and my hubby quit his job to partner with me full-time in the business and I had to get a creative team and an office manager in here to help me out as well so we had a big boom before the semen stuff came along <laughs> so far we have ashes breast milk and semen these are substances that have very different consistencies so how does one turn these items into jewelry? I'm primarily a clay artist. So I work with polymers clay, um, specifically translucent clay. So that way it takes on whatever color of the substance that I'm working with, whether it to show the ashes through. Ashes are really easy because they're already dry. Um, so to incorporate it, them into the clay, it's fairly easy for breast milk, um, semen, or we actually do female samples as well. Um, but we take the liquid and we powderize it so that way I can take the powder and kind of fold it into the clay like you would um, flour with dough. Okay, so you said that, that the, the semen idea started as a joke. Yep. Whose joke and who decided to make <laughs> the joke into reality? It was a comment on one of my breast milk videos on TikTok. And at first I was I was super offended. <laughs> Because it was a really beautiful piece that I was making, but it became the joke of the office. And my hubby kept like, 
poking at me about it. He's like, this could actually be a really cool thing. Um, but I'm just like, ew, no, like, I don't want to work with that. And eventually my creative team came in one day and we were joking about it. And they're like, oh, we even have a fun name for it, Jizzy Jewelry. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went to Facebook and I kind of did this like fun joke kind of marketing ad thing, not thinking that people would actually take it seriously. But then we got serious requests. So I had to sit back and kind of like look at it. And I'm just like, okay, like, is it any different realistically from any other materials that I've worked with? And who am I to judge what people want? And if I can do it and I'm willing to do it, then why not? So Amanda doesn't judge what people want. But has she ever questioned why they want it? It's not something that we automatically question, but it's really amazing because no matter what kind of pieces we're doing, we really get a lot of interesting stories, heartbreaking stories, you know, really heartfelt stories. But for the Jizzy jewelry, we get a lot of people who, you know, want the jewelry to represent their intimacy and passion in their relationship. I have a bunch of fertility sculptures to make where they want to represent either their fertility struggles or their fertility successes. Of course, we have like kinks and collars and that kind of stuff that comes in but most recently we actually had a woman reach out whose husband had passed from cancer and she didn't have him cremated so she didn't have ashes to incorporate but before he started chemo he had uh they had actually frozen some of his sperm so it's like the last little bit of him that he uh that she has left so there's so many incredible reasons from you know fun and lighthearted to you know the more sentimental ones as far as things that come from the body We have left out blood, haven't we? Blood's a little more difficult to work with because we do need it dried. And, you know, although there are like certain risks when it comes to like bodily fluids, blood is higher up there. So generally speaking, we have had clients reach out for it, but I normally ask them to dry and powder it themselves. Nobody's been willing to do that yet. Mm -hmm. So we can work with it. It's just a little bit um, more of a different process. What are the risks that you were referring to? Well, any bloodborne pathogens, right? So with semen or vaginal fluid, generally speaking, anything that can be transmitted, either A, has to be done sexually, which obviously isn't happening in the workspace, <laughs> in the workspace, but anything dies fairly quickly once it's exposed to oxygen. So once it's left the body, anything that can linger once it's completely powderized is a non-issue. With blood, things can linger a little bit longer and can be passed on a little, not easier because technically speaking, we, like I would have to have like an open cut or it, ha- it would have to be introduced into my bloodstream but blood's just a a little bit riskier than any semen or or vaginal fluid and how exactly do you handle any of these potential biohazards so i did a lot of avid research myself first when um, looking into it it comes down to a lot of common sense so like we wear ppe when we get it as a liquid but like like i said once it's powdered like you can't catch anything It's, it's just like saying you can catch something from sitting on a toilet seat you know what I mean? Which you can't. So it's completely safe once it's once it's powdered. That and we do so much hand washing and sanitizing over here that it's not it's a non-issue. Like anything else that one places an order on, the minute you commit to it, your mind starts to wonder as to how soon you can get it in your hot little hands. So What's the wait time for any one of these items? So Jizzy Jewelry orders are actually fairly quick. Generally speaking, um, when I get the materials, it's a one to two week wait before we have things made and ship things back out. So easier orders are fairly quick. Anything with sculpted imagery is what I'm backed up on only because I'm the only clay artist. So that's where things are slowing down a little bit. So anything like sculptures um, or sculpted imagery, you're looking at, you know, anywhere from like eight weeks if it's something easier and something more simple and then like 
sculptures, we're looking at like a 20 plus week wait. So plan ahead to get that perfect piece of jewelry that is certainly one of a kind. To find out more information or where to order Jizzy jewelry, just head to trinketsbyamandabooth.com. It's a gift that comes from the heart or somewhere near the heart or somewhere lower. Business Beyond Bizarre. In North Carolina, Vic Klinko has a unique collection that he started almost 30 years ago. What began as three bottles of hot sauce has ballooned to almost 11,000 different bottles of the hot stuff in his basement shrine. How did this all begin? I think I grew up enjoying spicy food. Hot sauce seems to be, I guess, the easiest vehicle for that. Once I started trying some different sauces and from different areas around the world, man, I just got hooked and it kind of, you know, it's borderline obsession now. Okay, there are obsessions and then there's this. Again, as I said, 11,000 different bottles of hot sauce. I'll bet you didn't even know that there were over 11,000 different varieties of hot sauce. You know, that's a lot of what I do, and especially through my social media, this collection has kind of taken on a life of its own. I get, obviously, lots of questions about hot sauces and, and different things, and it's my way, I guess, of helping educate folks out there that there are that many hot sauces globally. It's just insane, and I'm just, my collection just touches the iceberg of what's actually out there. So there's a lot more than 11,000 is what you're saying. Oh, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah. My credit card's got to feel it, but yeah, there's a lot more. And his credit card must get quite the workout. Remember, he collects these bottles to display in his shrine, and they are unopened. But Vic loves hot sauce. That means... He must be buying two of everything. Exactly, yeah. You know, not every single time, but the greater amount, yes, I purchase two. Because that's what it's all about, right? It, it, so this collection stemmed from my love of hot sauce. So to me, I guess it wouldn't make much sense just to put bottles on the shelf and not be able to enjoy them as well. There are different degrees, both literally and figuratively, of the kinds of hot sauce that people can tolerate. Some people can take something on the high end of the Scoville scale and not break a sweat. Others, when trying a simple drop of Tabasco sauce, will dive headfirst into a cold plunge tub. And by the way, is it just me, or does Tabasco just taste like hot vinegar? Oops, I think we just lost the Tabasco account. Anyway, what side does Vic come down on? Yeah, I think I am um, at the top end, you know, the, the higher percentile, if you will. You know, everybody is different, right? All of our taste buds are different. All of our pain receptors in our mouths are different. I think I was just kind of blessed with a little bit of a higher tolerance. And also, because I've been doing it for so long, that it's just like when you're drinking alcohol, right? You can build up your tolerance for heat. I think that because I've just keep trying and I keep, I, I want to try every hot sauce. I want to try every single chili pepper that's out there. So I've built up a pretty good tolerance. In Vic's cavernous basement, he has sauces divided by region. There are hot sauces from all of the United States in one area, and then he has a global section, resplendent with international flags. 
you'd think that there was no region that wasn't represented. I think there's a lot of countries I'm missing. But, you know, so for me in that aspect, one side of the room is what I basically call domestic, right? It's, it's, it's from here from the States. But again, as I get a lot of questions, I realize that there's so much out there globally. So for me to kind of take the, I guess, the collection maybe up one more notch and really kind of give it that museum feel, I thought putting the flags of each country, so the country of origin and where this sauce was made, I just thought was kind of a, a, a neat thing and really an, an eye-opener for folks that kind of, you know, take a look at. You know, so on from that aspect, there are so many different areas and so many different regions that I keep... I'm 55 years old. I've been collecting for 26 years. I see no end in my collecting. And I really want to focus in on that international, again, that global chili community and to be able to kind of showcase what what is actually out there. To get this much space in one house, simply to display 11,000 different bottles of hot sauce, would it be fair to say that this was the focal point in the house purchase? So that was a very interesting conversation with the realtor. Most people are looking for big kitchens or storage space or, you know, a master suite. I needed a space. I needed a huge space for my collection. And, you know, it was kind of funny because I had, we hadn't met in person. So I basically said, just Google me and you can kind of get a, an idea. And she was on the phone and she was like, oh my, I kind of see what you're getting at. So yes, the houses that we looked at, I had to make sure that it had enough space because this is honestly, man, we've been here about a year and a half now. The last two houses that I had in Phoenix, which encompasses pretty close to 20 years of my life, I've never had every single bottle out on display at one time because I just didn't have the room. This is the first time that I've actually purchased a house that had enough space for me to do exactly what I wanted to, to, to make, I guess, my vision come true and have, a, again, enough space to kind of grow into it as well. What are we talking about square footage for the room that you have all your sauces in? Oh, man, I don't even know what the square footage is. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. It's a, it's the full footprint of the home, I can tell you that. I mean, it's, it's monstrous. It's not only Vic's collection that has a global feel to it. Vic himself is getting global attention. And I have them reaching out from all over the world. I mean, like I had a, a gentleman, it's probably been a good six, maybe eight years ago now, and it was the first hot sauce to go into production in Romania. And he sent me two bottles. It actually came in a box. It's a velvet covered box with black satin lining on the inside. The bottle is just absolutely gorgeous. He sent me two I couldn't open the other one. It was just too beautiful. As a collector, I couldn't bring myself to do it. But yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. And that, to me, again, is is humbling. And, and, and that is really why this whole museum shrine really took off, I guess, because there are so many people that just want to be a part of it and want to have their bottles enshrined and shown. And, and I get a lot of attention for it. So it's an opportunity for me to give back to the industry, to help grow the industry. And the more the industry grows the more bottles I get to collect, so it's a win-win. And because Vic has so many varieties of hot sauce, and because he loves them, has he become, for some manufacturers, 
the go-to hot sauce seal of approval? Yeah, absolutely. I get lots of questions um, from this is the label I'm thinking about doing. Hey, this is the flavor profile to actually sending sauces. And this is what we think we like, but this is with ginger. What's your opinion? And I am honored to be able to do that, you know, to, to kind of give my two cents. And, you know, because if you think about it, again, collecting for 26 years, I've been eating sauce for, for much longer than that. I've literally tried thousands and thousands of sauces in my day and and i also went to culinary school so i have a real good flavor taste of what it is and i, I think that i can give back my opinion and it, it's valued in vic's mind food is naked without hot sauce literally everything there's not anything that i will not put hot sauce and or i carry a lot of pepper flakes or or powders they seem to to travel well and they're easy i could just throw one in my pocket as i go but yes i do Again, it's a it's a lifestyle. My my license plate says hot sauce. I mean, it, I have tattoo of of a chili pepper on my arm. I mean, it's who I am. It's it's embedded in in my soul, if you will. Do you have a favorite hot sauce, or is that like saying what's your favorite child? <laughs> That's my joke, man. That's what I always go to. I, I, I it's really too tough. There's so much good stuff out there. There are a few go tos that that I will kind of go back and forth on um, or go back depending on what I'm eating. But again, because I'm purchasing so many, so many people are sending me incredible sauces. I typically don't go back and repeat a whole lot. I just have so much to kind of get through and, and I have to put it on everything. In life, most of us have spent a little time in a hospital. It could be something major or something simple like, say, tonsils or minor surgery. But regardless of how long or short your infirmary stay may be, the one thing people can agree on is hospital food is bland and horrible. How would Vic do in a hospital bed? Knock on wood, I have not spent any major long time in a hospital, but any time that I've done in and out procedures, the wife keeps hot sauce in her purse for me as well. So I'm locked and loaded at all times. I have something on me at, at pretty much everywhere. In case of emergency, break purse. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Uh, there's nothing bland about Vic. He certainly knows how to spice up his life. Next time on Business Beyond Bazaar. You'll meet Paul Mason. He's the Canadian male model who has taken the world by storm because he's also fashion Santa. To many, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And there's a man in Connecticut named Doogie Lish Sandtiger, and he's putting his best foot forward. And when he puts his foot forward, it's usually in one of the over 2,100 pairs of Crocs that he owns. There are only 1,440 minutes in a day. That means he could put on a different pair of shoes every minute and still have 500 pairs left over. Wow. He could crock around the clock. This has been Business Beyond Bazaar, a presentation of Flying Fish Communications and Group Fairplay.